Shalom Ubracha, we are up to Mayat Katan Daf Yud Zayin. Today's Daf talks about, continuing from yesterday, about an Enidoy, about putting people in Cherem, discusses Ashamta, what that word means, and then it moves on in Amabez to talk about the exceptions of when we are allowed to take haircuts on Chalmoid for a Nazir Mitzayra, when a person's Avelis ends, and it ends off with a discussion about a double Avelis, when an Avelis falls upon someone back to back. But the Gemara picks up saying that if a Talmud, a Talmud Chacham, puts someone in Cherem just because his own honor was offended, that is a good Nidoy. Right? The Brayza tells us that if a Rebbe, a Rav, is in Cherem, his Talmud is also. If a Talmud is in Cherem, the Rebbe is not. Now, what's the difference between the Rebbe and the rest of the world? when it comes to this Talmud being in Nidoy. If the Talmud did something wrong, Kneged Hashem, then everyone should respond the same way. Elamai, the Talmud was offended, and he gave the Nidoy by himself. It wasn't L'chvayed Hashem, it was L'chvayed Atzmai, and yet it still works as a Nidoy. Rabbi Yosef says that a Talmud Chacham is allowed to paskin for himself. The Rosh is a little flabbergasted by this statement of Rabbi Yosef, and he says, but who says that he's saying the right thing? First of all, he's being done on himself, and you know, we're not allowed to have a person paskin on a curve on a relative, and no one's closer to a person than himself, and who knows if he's making the right sack? What if he has two other day on him with him, and those two will paskin the opposite of what he's saying? The Ravid said that we're not talking about paskining for mama and saying, oh, this person owes me money, and since I'm a Tamachacham, I'm going to paskin that he owes me money. Rather, he's He's allowed to paskin for a nidoy. That's according to the Ravid. But it's a fascinating statement in the Gemara. There was a Talmud Chacham who had a bad name. He did things that gave him a bad reputation. So, Rabbi Yehuda said, what are we supposed to do? If we put him in Ashamto, we put him in Cherem, then we're short a Talmud Chacham. We need to make the If we don't put him into Cherem, then it's a Chil Hashem. So why is his name to come before Hashem's? So that's Rabbi Barachana. What do you know about this Shaila, you know, any, any halachas about this? So he says, well, Rabbi Yechonon said something. He says, well, there's a Pasuk, in which we learn from that a person should learn from a Rabbi who is like a Malach Hashem Tzavakos. But if a, if a Rabbi is not a Tzadik, then don't learn Torah from him. So Rabbi Huda took that to mean that this Tamachacham is... Even since he has a bad name, he's not someone to learn Torah from. And he put him in Cherem. Now, later, Rav Yehuda happened to get sick, and all the Rabbanim came to visit him, including this Tamachacham, who Rav Yehuda had put in Cherem. When Rav Yehuda saw him, he started smiling. And the Tamachacham was offended. He's like, look, you put me in Cherem, but now you're going to laugh at me? Rav Yehuda said, I'm not laughing at you. I'm smiling because I was happy that I didn't do Hanifa. I didn't flatter you, and I was honest with my assessment and put you in Cherem. I had the courage to put you in Cherem, despite the fact that you're a Chosh of a Tamachacham. Now, when Yehuda passed away, this Tamachacham, who was in Cherem, came to the base Medrash and asked them, maybe someone here can get rid of my, my Nidoy from Yehuda. The problem was that no one was Chosh like Yehuda was. So they told him, go to Yehuda Hanasi. He went to Rabbi Ami. And Rabbi Ami looked into the situation and he said, you know what, I think I, could, I can dissolve your nidoy. However, Rabbi Yishmael happened to be in the base measures that day. He stood up. Rabbi Yishmael Banachmeni yells. He said, what are you talking about? 
if a shivcha in Rebbe's house was put into Nidoy, the Chachamim didn't just drop it. They took it very seriously. And you're just going to drop Rebbe Yehuda's Nidoy? So Rebbe Zera and the base Medrash over there said, you know what? It's a funny thing that Rebbe Shmuel, Rebbe Shmuel Bar Nachmeni happens to be in our base Medrash today. And he decided to make a mancha. And he reassessed the situation and he decided not to pardon this Talmud Chacham from his Nidoy. So he left the base Medrash and he was walking and crying and a bee came and bit him on his ama and he died. They tried burying him in the cave of Hasidim in the cemetery, but he, they wouldn't accept him. The door to the cave wouldn't open. So they brought him to the cave of Dayonim, the Roshay Bezdin, which is one step down from the cave of Hasidim, and that cave let him in. Why wasn't he allowed in? Well, Rabbi Loi tell, tells us, this Tamachachim had these Shmuas Rois going on about him. And Rabbi Loi says in a Braisa that if someone feels that his Yetzer is overcoming him, he should go to a place where no one recognizes him, he should wear black clothing, and then he should do whatever his heart needs to do. This way he won't be Mechal Shem Shemayim. But this Talmud Chacham, the news about his Averis had spread, so he wasn't Mechayim avoiding this Chilol Hashem. We have another story about a Shifcha of base Rebbe. We said that they wouldn't be Mater Her Nidoy. What happened over there? Well, she saw someone who was hitting his older son. And she said that that guy who's hitting should be put into Cherem because he's being over and left naively sitting in Mirshal. Because at a certain age, the kid can turn around and hit his father back, and it'll be the father's fault that he hit him. He put him in a situation to hit back. That was the need that Rabbi Shifcha gave. Rishlakish was uh, watching a field, and this guy came along and started eating figs. So Rishlakish said, Hey, that's not yours. Don't eat that. But the guy wasn't listening. He continued eating. So Rishlakish said, You should be in a shamta. He put him in cherem. This guy, this thief, turned around and says, Adarabba, you should be in a cherem. Why? You're putting me in a cherem. I steal. Right? So I'm chayev to pay you back. I'm not chayev a cherem. And you're putting me in a cherem in, inappropriately. Rish Lakish was a little shaken up by this. So he came to the base mattress. He said, what am I supposed to do? Well, they said, well, you're a nidoy. And your nidoy that you tried giving to him was misplaced. So what am I supposed to do? He said, well, go find the guy and ask him to uh, be mater, your nido. He says, I have no idea who he is. So they said, okay, Rish Lakish, go to the Benesia, and he'll be able to let you off. Because that's the halacha. If you don't know who put you in cherem, you could always go to the Nasi, and he can be mater instead. Now, if Huna makes a statement, he said, in Usha, we learned that if it, there's an Av Bezdin who's going off, he's souring. We don't put him in a nidoy. Rather, we just tell him, hey, lay low for a while. Um, make believe you have a headache and stay in your house. Don't make, don't make noise. But if he comes back and he's still making problems, then we don't put him into a nidoy in public. I'm sorry, Vihuna says that we do put him in cherem because we need to avoid Echel Hashem. Shlokish would say that if a time of goes bad, we don't put him in a nidoy publicly. So there's a machlekes whether to put an Av Bezdin into Cherem publicly or privately. But we definitely try to avoid it. When Marzutra Chasida would put a Talmud Chacham, a Tzorba Mirabonan into Cherem, into Hashamta, he would first put himself into Cherem, then put this individual into Cherem. And then when he went home that night, he would 
free himself from the cherem and then free this tamal chacham. Because of Gidol Amarav tells us that a tamal chacham is allowed to put himself in cherem and he's allowed to release himself from a cherem. Maybe this was Marzuchas Chasidus. He was able to feel the pain of being in a nidoy, along with the one who he put in nidoy. Rapapa says, I am very choshev because I never put a tamar chacham in nidoy ever. So what do you do if there's a tamar chacham that needs to be put into cherem? I do like they do in Eretz Yisrael. We give him Malkus instead. We don't give him a cherem. The Malkus is better because a, a shamta would interfere with his smicha. Okay, what is the shamta? What's the Lashon shamta? Rav says it's a Lashon of Sham Misa. Well, Shmuel says it's a Lashon of Shmama Yihia, desolation. It's like when you coat an oven with a fat in the beginning, it, that fat remains there forever. This actually goes against what Rish Lakish holds, that the Cherem absolutely leaves. He says the same way it comes in. And the 248 limbs of a person, that's exactly how it leaves through those 248 limbs. It goes in, the, the cherim overtakes all the limbs based on the Pasuk, ir cherim. And cherim is Gematria 248. And it leaves all the limbs based on the Pasuk, and, and Rachem is also Gematria 248. Cherim and Rachem is the overtaking of all the limbs of the with the cherem and the exorcism of the cherem. Rabbi Yosef says, put the shamta on the tail of a dog. It was a, based on a story. There was a dog that was eating their abanon's shoes. They didn't know who was the culprit here, who was, do, who was doing this. So they put it in cherem, and a fire went out and caught the tail of the dog and devoured the dog. There was a strong man, another, another story, it's a Kishmaka story, Daf, who was bothering a Tamachacham. He was, you know, a mafia guy. So the, the Tamachacham came to Rabbi Yosef and said, what am I supposed to do? So Rabbi Yosef says, what do you mean? Put him in Cherem. He says, I'm scared to put him in Cherem. So he said, okay, so write down the Cherem. He's like, well, then there's evidence that I put him in Cherem. So he said, okay, write it down, put it in a jug, go to the Beis Akvaras, blow a shaifer, a thousand times for 40 days, he did this, and the mafia guy exploded. He died. Why are we blowing the shafers as Shipuri? Well, it's a lashon of Shinefra'in that he's paid back. That this guy gets payback for what he did, so we have uh, we use shafers. Why do we blow a Takiya and a Shvarim? So Yitzchak Bereder of Yehuda explains it's from the lashon of... Uh, Tavri Bote Rami, that we're able to bring down these very high houses and de- destroy them. There's a bride that tells us, B'Shem Rebbe, Shimon ben Gamliel, that wherever the Chachamim lay their eyes, there's either death or affliction. We don't mess with Tamit Chachamim. Next in our Mishnah, we said that a Nazar and a Mitzayrah who become Tahar on Cholamayid are allowed to take haircuts. So the Gemara asks, is this when they had time before Yamta to take a haircut? Or are they only allowed to take a haircut on Cholamite when they were not able to do this on Erev Yamtiv? So we answer from a Mishnah that in general, when we say that you're allowed to take a haircut on Cholamite, that's when you did not have the time to do it on Erev Yamtiv. But in Nazar and Metzairah are allowed to take a haircut on Cholamite even if they did have the time on Erev Yamtiv. Because we don't want for them to delay their karbonos. 
They're not allowed to bring their kabbatas until they take a haircut. So even a chalamai, they'd be allowed to take the haircut in order to propel the carbon bringing process. Next, we have a brazer that tells us that a koyin and an avel are allowed to take haircuts on chalamoid. Now, what, which avel are we talking about that's allowed to take a haircut on chalamoid? If his avelis was over before yamtiv, so he has the whole era of yamtiv to take a haircut. He should have done it then. The problem is, if his avelis ends on Erev Yamtif. So he has Erev Yamtif, he could take a haircut, but it's Shabbos. Well, then he should have taken the haircut on Erev Shabbos. And we would pass him like Abishol that says that even though he's on his seventh day of Avelos, we would say, and he could take a haircut, Erev Shabbos, which is going into the Yamtif. So when do we have a case when he would be allowed to take a haircut on Cholamayid? The Gemara says the case is that the seventh day of his Avelos is Shabbos Erev Yamtif. And we have a machloikest. First, Tana holds like Abishol that says, so you should take your haircut on the seventh day. Ah, it's Shabbos. So he was an Ainus. So he's allowed to take the haircut on Cholamite. Our Tana holds like the Rabbanon that we don't say ever. This guy, this other will not be able to take a haircut on Cholamite. And his Avelis didn't f- finish before Yantif. So it wasn't considered an oinus, because even if it wasn't Shabbos, he couldn't take a haircut on the last day of his Avelos. And that's why he can't take a haircut on Cholomite either, because he doesn't have the din of an oinus. Now when Abraissa says that a koyin is allowed to take a haircut on Cholomite, what, what's the scenario of this koyin taking a haircut? If his mishmar ended on Erev Yomtiv, then he should have taken his haircut on Erev Yomtiv. Elamai, his mishmar ends on Yomtiv. So now we have a machlek, as this Abraissa and Mishnah whether. A koyin could take a haircut on Cholamoid. This depends on how you look at the Mishmar of Yamtif. See, his Mishmar, his private Mishmar, went straight into the public Mishmar. Do we look at the public Mishmar as if it's also his Mishmar? In which case, like our Mishnah held, he would not be able to take a haircut on Cholamoid because it's as if his Mishmar never ended. It's still going on through Yamtif. But the Bryce of here it says that he can. He says because it's not going from his Mishmar into a continuing of another mishmar. He's going from a private mishmar into a public mishmar, and that would allow him to take a haircut on Cholamoid. Now, there's a Tesefta that says that in any case that you're allowed to take a haircut on Cholamoid, an Ovel would also be allowed to take a haircut. Ah, we have a Brayse that says that he's also to take a haircut. So, Rav Chista says in the name of Rav Shiloi, a Stam Ovel wouldn't be mutter in these scenarios. But if it's an Ovel that was toikif by an Avelos, then he would be allowed to take a haircut. This means an Avelos followed by another Avelos. Now the Gemara says, if he was toikif by Avelos, then in every scenario he's allowed to take a haircut. The Brasa tells us that in a case of Tokva Avelos, one after another, he's allowed to wash his clothing in water, he's allowed to take a haircut with a razor. So what's the Chiddush over here that these Chavra on Cholamoyed in these scenarios, this Ava will be allowed to. In every scenario, a toikif of Avelos is allowed to cut his hair and wash his clothing. So if Chista says, no, that's only with a razor, not with haircuts. Only with water, but not with detergent. And if Chista also learns from here, from this Mishnah, that an Avel, Astam Avel, is also to do laundry. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.